What should be done about Michigan's more than likely cheating? I say more than likely because there hasn't been an official ruling yet, but even as a Michigan fan, it's very clear to me that some sketchy, fishy, illegal activities have been committed at the very best. Whether it's Connor Stallion's Venmo account, and he's paying individuals to, you know, go to games and scout for him in these stadiums, that's, that's very likely illegal, even though there might be a loophole around that where, because those people aren't official Michigan staffers, maybe it's not illegal, but I'm just going to make the safe assumption that that's not lawful. Number two, those people were likely using those who Stallions paid to, to go to these games. He reimbursed them for tickets, likely paid for their miles, travel, other expenses. They likely, and I have an anonymous source who's given me information. He actually gave me this information a week ago before all this stuff was released that lines up with what Thamel and these others who are reporting on whether it's Stallion's Venmo account or the article by Sports Illustrated released today that talked about, you know, the quote-unquote Michigan manifesto. I don't know. There are unlawful things that have been done by NCAA bylaws, by either Connor Stallions himself, or Stallions and other Michigan assistants, or the whole Michigan coaching staff. At best, this is a one-man operation, which will still rightfully so bring about some responsibility on the head coach, Jim Harbaugh, and the other staff members for not inquiring of how Stallions acquired this knowledge or a variety of factors. And Michigan will still likely receive some sort of punishment, and that's if he's a one-man operation. At worst, the whole staff's involved, the whole university is involved, boosters are paying for these tickets. The whole program and their tendrils and tentacles are involved in this, and it could get ugly very quickly. So I'm going to try and talk about all of that today. Full disclosure, as I mentioned earlier, I am a Michigan fan. I am not an expert on NCAA law. I'm not an expert exactly on what is or isn't illegal. I can read rather well, but there are always a lot of loopholes in these laws. And it is very hard, even when it seems like the whole world and all the, the, the dead people buried know that something wrong was committed. Like look at Bill Self in Kansas. It's very hard to prove these coaches or institutions of any kind of major wrongdoing or fault. So I'm going to try my best to go through this and talk about from a variety of my own perspectives, what should be done about Michigan's cheating. But before we get into this, please subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more Michigan football content, both in their previews, predictions, reactions, and also to off-the-field incidents like this one. It seems like that this is something that's plagued my university um, for the preseason and now the regular season, and the Big Ten, whether it's Northwestern, Michigan State, and other schools in the past, it seems like the Big Ten right now is just full of turmoil to a large extent. Exciting, but also nerve-wracking times for the Big Ten. And specifically, click the notification bell if you want to get notified when I drop another video about this topic, because 
There's going to be more evidence released, likely in the following weeks or week. No, I don't think Michigan will have immediate punishment and they'll be immediately ineligible this season. I don't think that'll happen. The NCAA doesn't move very quickly. And Michigan does have 90 days to respond to all these things, which means even if there was a verdict tomorrow of Michigan's wrongdoing, I'm pretty sure that Michigan would still be able to go to the playoffs, go to the Big Ten championship game, and win it all if indeed they went to Indy, won, won their semifinal, and had an opportunity to play for it all. Because they have 90 days to respond. So I don't think this season, at least in the short term, will be affected. Maybe Michigan wins it all and things are vacated, but who knows? We're going to talk more about relating the off-the-field to the on-the-field, like talking about Michigan's on-field product, and, you know, just we'll get into all of that later. But what I want to focus on right now is you typing in the comment section what you think should be done about this, what punishments you think should be levied against Michigan, who should bear responsibility, what you think the conclusion of the investigation will be, tell me in the comments section below. Also, like this video so we can get it into the algorithm, and check out my Patreon page via the link in the description if you want to support the channel and also gain insider access to content. Again, we'll talk more about that along with the on-field stuff, like how good the team is, how elite the team is at the end of the video. But before we get any further, I do want to say that mentioning an anonymous source, he did it earlier in the video, this person reached out to me last week before before the Venmo account was ushered into public eye, before Thamel released a piece talking about how Michigan had, you know, it's Connor Stallions more specifically, had tickets to 11 Big Ten schools in over 30 games over the past three seasons, and the whole operation of him buying tickets at these games and sending people, allegedly recording, that's what's being alleged, apparently there's over an hour of evidence of people filming sidelines being sent over to, whether it's the Big Ten or the NCAA, I forget, and likely there's truth there, likely you will find people recording the sidelines and focusing on the signs. Before any of that came out, basically this anonymous source told me the same thing that Thamel told me through his article, along with Mark Schlabach through ESPN.com. That article will be linked down below. Same with another one that we'll go over, talking about the Michigan Manifesto and, and some other strange things about Connor Stallions, specifically texts. But we'll get into that later, of course. And the reason that this source was able to tell me these things is because he knows someone, allegedly, who goes to games from Michigan, arrives, this person is given a phone and tickets upon arrival, again, according to this source, this anonymous source, and he returns the phones after the games, after recording the opponent's sidelines. He, he films the games too, but is focused on signs that are being sent in, and this source makes the assumption, and he made it correctly, I think, that this person that he knows is being paid for in cash or alternatively through Venmo for the miles he traveled for filming the game and I imagine other expenses. And 
this anonymous source, along with his, let's just say, quote-unquote, friend, the friend is the one doing the recording and being paid by Stallions, not the source, both of them were going to go to the Penn State-Ohio State game this past Saturday. And what do you know? Connor Stallions purchased tickets on both sidelines, like facing both sidelines for the Penn State-Ohio State game. Um, Those seats were not filled, though, because when the news broke, this source told me that they were no longer going to attend. Connor Stallions and his whole operation got caught in a mousetrap, and since then, Stallions has been suspended with pay, and no further action of this whole ring of scouting, which extends to across the country. Apparently, whether it was at Tennessee, whether it was TCU, Georgia, Alabama, in both the 2021 championship game for the SEC and LSU versus Georgia in the SEC championship game last year, or Clemson, the scouting ring is not just exclusive to the Big Ten. Stallions was paying people from all different parts of America to scout future potential future opponents for Michigan and also future opponents for Michigan in the regular season, like conference opponents, for example, whether it's Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Nebraska. I mean, help whoever had to record and scout for the Iowa game, you know, and for an Iowa game, rather, or Nebraska, or any of those Big Ten West offenses. I, I feel for whoever had to watch the sidelines there. I can I can just imagine. I, I can't even imagine he who shall not be named and Iowa's offense working the sidelines, like just putting in so much effort to draw up a quote-unquote sophisticated play and then Deacon Hill gets sacked and fumbles the football. I mean, it's just Iowa's offense, you'll hear it here every other episode. It's an atrocity. It's like USC's defense. But that's beside the point. There's plenty of eyewitness reporting. There are There's evidence of his Venmo account, and apparently, though it's not public yet, evidence that The people who were sitting in Stallion's seats that were sent by him, paid by him, were recording opponents' sidelines. And likely what we can conclude from that is they were sending those recordings to Stallion's himself for him to analyze and for him to draw up reactions and game plans for opponent signals. In Stallion's world, likely to help Michigan, a team that he is seemingly obsessed with, succeed. And when I say obsessed, this isn't an exaggeration. Not one bit. We'll get into the punishments in a few minutes. But according to the Sports Illustrated article, not going to read it all because it's very long, but I'll link it down below and also in the comment section, and I encourage you to read it, Stallions was obsessed with helping Michigan be better, even during his time at the Naval Academy when Navy football was not playing at home, he would go to Michigan games. He would fly back and forth to volunteer for Michigan football from 2015 to basically 2020 or 2021. For around half a decade, he would volunteer his services while also being a Marine. It's crazy. I mean, that that is dedication. And I guess from my perspective, 
what's interesting and almost sad to me is Stallions, from what I can tell, is obviously very analytical, very intelligent, um, and very dedicated. The problem is I think Stallions got obsessed with winning, and he wanted to win at all costs. He took winning instead of taking integrity, and he sacrificed, rather, the integrity of the sport and potentially the whole integrity of Michigan football in exchange for winning games in the here and now. Oh yeah, also in this article, he claims to have had access to over 500 Naval Academy football players' SAT scores, GPAs, and admissions records, which I can only imagine how much of a a total disaster that will be for Navy if that's proven to be true. But read that article. It's very good. Uh, Stallions revealed much of this information in a text message with a Power 5 student. He did not admit in those texts to scouting illegally, though. He said that he was stealing signs watching tape, tape that was given to Michigan. So that is an illegal. You can steal signs by either observing tape that's given to you pre-game, by observing what's going on in-game, you know, figuring things out. That's legal. You can do that. What's illegal is going going into either personally or this is a gray area that Michigan might be able to get around. And if they do, a lot of fan bases are going to be mad, rightfully so. Same with the NCAA. Whether it's a staff member or, again, more gray area, but I still think illegal, sending another person to do the dirty work for you in a future opponent's stadium in the regular season that's where sign stealing in that regard. Also, regardless whether it's you know in-game on the sidelines or future opponents, you cannot use electronic equipment to record signs and analyze them, whether it's relaying them to the booth upstairs or analyzing those recordings from inside opponent stadiums in your spare time or while you're working. You can't do that. It's illegal. So I think there's no doubt that regardless, whether the best-case scenario or the worst-case scenario, that Michigan had some kind of unfair advantage. And therefore, there do need to be some kind of punishments, which, as a Michigan fan myself, I am gritting my teeth in my head, but it is what it is. So here are some punishments in mind from me. Uh, Definitely, Stallion should be fired at the end of the season if he's found guilty, which seems extremely likely. Any staff member who collaborated with Stallions in illegal activity should be suspended or fired. And if they weren't directly collaborating, but, you know, using his information to a great degree, which is very likely at least the whole staff was doing that, was using his resources, there should be fines. There should be deeper investigations. I mean, we don't know how deep this runs. We really don't yet. But it sounds like at best this was a one-man operation. The Sports Illustrated article, speaking of his passion for Michigan football, leads me to believe there is a chance that Stallions would be willing to sacrifice his basically $55,000 a year income to help Michigan succeed. Previously, I thought that that would be pretty, like, that'd be a pretty big stretch. 
but seeing his passion for Michigan football and his obsession, you know, there are people who value winning over earning money. That exists. And there are, you know, money isn't the number one thing that everyone wants. Um, You know, there's status, and status can be involved with money or other things. But again, I'm not I'm not a big expert here. I'm just a, a Michigan fan, a big college football fan, and someone who, you know, thinks he knows something or can provide some insight talking about this. Stallion should be fired. The staff should be investigated if they directly collaborated with him and helped fund what he did, the illegal activity, or they knew about it and didn't say anything. They should be suspended or fired. Let me know if you think they should be suspended or fired because you know you can't you can't do both so do you think that they should be fired should they just be suspended for a few games maybe a whole season i have another idea as well i don't know if this is quote unquote too harsh or even too lenient coaches who were involved should they receive a show cause penalty for the amount of time the scouting pers- persisted the illegal scouting at least that to me would be a, a two two and a half three-year show cause penalty, whether it's for, let's say, Jesse Minter was in on this. Jesse Minter, if hired back to the collegiate landscape within three years after he gets let go, he'll he'll, he'll have to prove basically why the, the university should have to prove why they're hiring him, like why he's on better behavior now and why he won't break the rules again, essentially. So those are some of my ideas for punishments for Michigan, for mostly for the staff, because the staff is staff's obviously the one involved in all of this. That that's what we know. At least there's one staffer who's orchestrating this whole thing, Connor Stallions, and perhaps this applies to larger parts of the whole staff. We do not know of that yet. Jim Harbaugh denied any illegal scouting, but that could simply be a public relations tactic. We don't know at this point. Um, there's obviously video evidence that shows him with a play sheet. That isn't evidence that he did anything wrong, by the way. That play sheet, that's not evidence of anything illegal. But what that video does show is that he's constantly in Jesse Minner's ear. And he was also in Sharon Moore's ear. So he does, the staff does rely on him and his input, partially. That's what that video at least shows. Um, I don't think that video specifically people are saying this is evidence that he did something illegal. Well, no. But what it is evidence of is likely a competitive advantage of some kind, whether that's legal or illegal. We'll have to see regarding the investigation. But I'm pretty sure there was a legal activity, whether it's Stallions, the whole coaching staff, half the coaching staff, who cares, There needs to be punishments assigned to those who broke the rules. But as with all of these things, there are probably punishments that apply to players, the university, going beyond the scope of the staff. Michigan should, if if this is true, regardless of how much of the staff is involved, should receive a significant fine. Now, whether that fine is to be Stallion's salary, which at that point is pennies for the University of Michigan, or maybe, this is an idea that I had, would Jim Harbaugh's 2021 to 2022 incentives be a fair amount? Incentives given to him for beating Ohio State, 
winning the Big Ten, reaching the college football playoff, reaching a New Year's Six Bowl, you know, all those incentives, which total to well over a million dollars. A few million, I think, but but not like 10 million, but a million to 5 million, I think, somewhere in there. I'm just working off the, the numbers off of my head, guys. So be patient there. Would that be a fair amount? Or would even that be too little? Because Michigan certainly has more than a f- more than five million dollars to pay out. But my logic behind that, and you can tell me in the comments section below what you think. My logic behind that is Jim Harbaugh received those bonuses for achieving, for overachieving, or for 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 winning, for being the best. Well. It's come out now that Michigan has had some kind of competitive advantage, whether it's been minuscule or whether it's the only reason Jim Harbaugh still has a job. I happen to focus on the former, and I'll explain why in a, in a few seconds, few minutes. Regardless, there was some kind of advantage, and I think that it would be fair that, hey, Harbaugh, you're supposed to know things that are going around in your football program. You're supposed to be a CEO. You're supposed to know what's going on, be responsible, take accountability. You're in charge. With great power comes great responsibility, all that good stuff. So since you weren't responsible entirely, and by that I mean, you know, he he should have known that this was going on and he should have tackled it, and he didn't. That's an error that's on him. In the same way, those bonuses that he received may not have been received if not for that illegal outside help. Maybe. We don't know. We, In fact, we never will know. But this, this means there's a gray area. How much did the illegal scouting help? Michigan fans, myself included, will probably lean to didn't help all that much or maybe it helped a fair amount. But then maybe other fan bases... Or some people think that, you know, without this help, Michigan would have went 7-5 and five and Jim Harbaugh would have been fired. Which I think, watching the games, I think it's very clear that if the illegal scouting helped in any one game, it was probably 2022 OSU. Probably. I mean, in every other game last year, Michigan dominated. They, they did. And I don't think that Michigan needed to steal signs to beat Indiana and to come back in the second half. I quite frankly don't think they needed signs to destroy Penn State in 2022 because Penn State had problems at linebacker, like Penn State fans have said, problems at D-tackle, and that O-line was just beastly, as we all know. Um, But even then, I digress. That's just speculation. There's a gray area. We don't know how much those illegal procedures and illegal scouting helped Michigan— So since we don't know how much they helped Michigan, it's fair to say that we don't know what would have happened if Connor Stallions didn't very likely earn access, it's a weird way of putting it, to those tapes. Therefore, we can assume that there might have been a change in outcome in the 2021 or 2022 seasons, and therefore Jim Harbaugh potentially well, likely didn't earn that bonus fairly, whether he knew about the illegal scouting or not. So maybe Michigan should pay that fine. Maybe they pay that same fine as a compensation to all the Big Ten schools. Maybe that. So then you double 
whatever he got in bonuses over the past two seasons, you times that by 14, and that's the total amount Michigan has to pay, and then they distribute that to the Big Ten schools. The NCAA could also suspend scholarships, but with name, image, and likeness deals coming about, Michigan, you know, it's just, again, a few extra thousand dollars per players, especially lower level ones, probably a few extra million or hundreds of thousands just for multiple scholarships being taken away. Michigan could likely walk around that penalty sacrificing what essentially would be $10 from the wallet of someone with a million dollars in their investment account or more. So I don't know if that would be affected. Lastly, if wins are to be vacated, 2021 and 2022, I think rightfully and understandably, can go. The reason is Michigan, whether it was 2021 against Penn State, maybe you can say 2021 against Ohio State as well, but I'm focusing on Penn State in 2021 and Ohio State in 2022 because those were road games. Those were road games that were competitive entering the fourth quarter where, you know, any little change in inches can determine a wildly different outcome. By the fourth quarter, Michigan was already ahead of Ohio State by 15 points in 2021, and C.J. Stroud and Alave and Wilson and Smith and Jigba were playing catch-up. That was likely a Michigan win regardless, but maybe I'm wrong there. But 2021 Penn State, it was a game of inches. Michigan loses that game. Ohio State's a lock to Indy. In 2022, fourth quarter, Michigan is about to go up by 11, but it was a four-point game in the third. Now, Ohio State, they mentally broke in that game. I mean, it was clear that these two teams were more even than the score indicated. That was very clear. The problem is Ohio State was obviously very confident that they would win and dominate, and when they realized they had to try for all four quarters, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You had the G. Scott meltdown. You had Stroud and Day miscommunicating, probably because things weren't going to plan, and they changed their signs entering that game and still lost, but I want to give some benefit of the doubt. I've already given it to Michigan, but also to the other Big Ten schools, that this could have changed the course of Jim Harbaugh's career and the course of Michigan football, the information that Stallions had. I mean, this could have been a massive advantage. Focusing on those two games, that could have changed all of Michigan's season. Penn State, competitive game. Ohio State in 2022, competitive game. Michigan in 2021 and 2022, seemingly, before all this was released, outcoached Every staff in the regular season, except for Michigan State in 2021 and Illinois in 2022. And Illinois didn't have a Kenneth Walker to beat us. They had a very good defense, and they had a great running back in Chase Brown, but they weren't talented enough. They were playing on the road, and Michigan's talent overcompensated for what was a very poor execution against Illinois. And then in the postseason, Georgia in 2021 outcoached Michigan. TCU outcoached Michigan in 2022. But we don't know anymore, again, as I've mentioned, the gray area. We don't know how much this activity has affected Michigan in a positive way, how much it's benefited them. 
For 2023, the reason I say 2023 is fair game is there's no scouting of Penn State and Ohio State for that big game. If there was scouting of those two schools, it was against much inferior competition compared to that matchup. Stallions is gone, which means the guy whispering in Jesse Minner's ear is gone. If he was a cheat code, the cheat code's gone. If he was just of minimal assistance, he's still gone. He's done. He's suspended with pay. He's no longer on the sidelines. And Michigan hasn't played anyone that they needed to use sign-stealing against to crush. This Michigan team's number one in efficiency. They're number two in FPI. They're number one in my potential power rankings. And they're number one in points-per-play margin. They're number two in points-per-play. They're number one in points-per-play allowed. They're top four or top five in yards-per-play allowed. And they're number one in yards per point margin. This team right now, statistically, is the best team in all of college football, perhaps by a significant margin. They no longer have what some would call a cheat code, others a minimal advantage. I'm going to take the middle ground and say that Stallions wasn't a cheat code, but it helps to have a much better understanding of the opponent's scheme that other teams don't have on you. It helps to have an illegal advantage. If Michigan goes out and goes 15-0 this season, if they do so, without Stallions, they beat Penn State, they beat Ohio State, they win in the college football playoff, let's say maybe they beat Georgia in the national title or they beat Ohio State in a rematch. At that point, I have to look at myself and my team and others as well. I have to look at the whole world of college football and say Michigan went 15-0, and in their final seven games in this hypothetical scenario, they were without their advantage, and they they still won. And if Michigan goes 15-0 and with how good they look right now, there's a chance they might dominate in those remaining seven games if, if, if they do do this. That being said, if Michigan loses to Penn State or if they lose to Ohio State, well, then even though I still think the 2023 season is fair game, that would be a pretty darn good indicator that Stallions probably was a cheat code. And maybe that was the only reason Jim Harbaugh was a better coach than Ryan Day. But there's a lot to this. This video, a lot of it is just me speculating and giving my opinion. I think that Michigan needs to be fined a certain amount. I think that Stallions needs to be fired Anyone who is involved with him needs to be suspended or fired. And the fine shouldn't be tiny either. I mean, it should be. That's why I asked the question about Harbaugh's incentives, and that's probably a starting point. It probably would be fair to fine more than just that handful of millions of dollars, probably maybe tens of millions, like the suggestion of Jim Harbaugh's incentives for the 2021 and 2022 seasons should be paid by Michigan to every other Big Ten school. That's 13 other schools. I said 14 earlier, but Michigan is the 14th school, so correction on that math error. But what do you think about this? What do you think about the punishments to staff, additional punishments, whether it's to the roster, which are players, to the university? What do you think should happen? Let me know in the comment section below, and thank you for watching this video. I want to give a quick shout-out to my Patreon's supporters, Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American patron, and Noah DDLC, my other All-American patron, and SFS Inverted. Thank you for joining the patron as a member, as an All-American. If you are an All-American 
or a Heisman patron. We have not had a Heisman patron yet, but we will get one soon. I'm confident in it. You will get insider access to my potential power rating system, which tries to predict games, predict spreads, etc. And right now it's above 500 in the spread and above 75% in predicting who's going to win games. So that would be money line, if, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes, it would be money line. I mentioned potential power earlier, and right now potential power thinks that Michigan would beat everyone in college football by a touchdown or more. And a lot of that's because the advanced analytics that are used, that are unbiased, to be factored in with my own personal rankings, the advanced analytics are even higher on Michigan than I am. And I have Michigan right now as a top three, top four, top two team in all of college football. Also, thanks to my all-conference patrons, Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, and Chris Lane. Thank you so much for watching this video. Let's all stay tuned to news. Michigan fans, fellow Michigan fans, we're not totally innocent. I mean, there is no, no stinking way we're totally innocent. That doesn't mean burn the university down. That doesn't mean everyone's guilty, but there is something to this. But let's wait, let the investigation blow over, and let's enjoy football. As college football fans, Ohio State fans, Big Ten fans, Michigan fans, I'm telling you, the Penn State-Michigan and Ohio State-Michigan games are still going to be great, and there's a lot on the line for everyone involved. Have a great day, guys, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.